one of the few opportunities in your life where you have companies deliberately here seeking you out. And I was keenly aware of that and I took advantage of that and I went to every single event um, and talked to so many different people and recruiters and, and things like that. The windfall of all of that was making some of the best friends of my life. From the University of Alabama's Colorado's College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories from those people who both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and on the show today, Rashmi Sharif. Rashmi is a project manager at Cigna, and we sat down for two parts this episode, and the first part covering her story, having graduated from Manderson, working abroad, ending up back in Birmingham. I hope you enjoy. It was awesome having you back on campus. It's your first time in Houston Hall, correct? It is. What do you think of the building? I am jealous. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? It's gorgeous. So you're back in camp on campus today for what exactly? So um, I'm here for an employee appreciation dinner. Awesome. So we like to sort of talk Wait, about- no, employer appreciation dinner, not- Employer. <laughs> I'm an employee, but <laughs> I guess in the context of um, the university, I would be considered an employer. Gotcha. So you yourself did graduate from the University of Alabama, correct? I did. That was both undergrad and grad school? Yes. Okay. Could you explain a little more about what you did and where you grew up and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So um, my dad has been teaching here at the University of Alabama. He teaches uh, aerospace engineering so we have been in Tuscaloosa since 1989. Wow. And I remember when he got his PhD up in New York and he had applied to over 200 institutions, you know, typewriters, all sorts of stuff, packets and, and things like that for those big applications back then. And the University of Alabama was the only institution that called him back. Wow. And so, you know, my parents are immigrants from Bangladesh, and I don't know that when they were young, they were thinking, you know, one day I'm going to grow up and go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama and raise my family. But um, that's what the good Lord had planned for us. And here we are. And that's how Tuscaloosa, Alabama became home. So this is a common thing I like to talk to people that are from Tuscaloosa. Did you want to go to school here? I did not. No, oh, no. I was from Tuscaloosa and I didn't want to go to the school in the backyard, especially with my father teaching here. And my dad and I, we struck a deal and he said that um, you can study abroad if you if you go to the University of Alabama. And I, I was always really passionate about studying abroad and international experiences. I sold candy in high school so I could go on the school trip to Spain. And I thought that was a great deal. And I ended up going to the university. And as I mentioned before, it was just like a totally different universe. I didn't even feel like I was in Tuscaloosa. I was running around campus. Um, I was here at eight in the morning. I'd be back home at like 10, two o'clock at night sometimes. Curry chicken would be on the stove. My mom's curry chicken. I'd eat dinner, go to sleep and, and start all over. That sounds like an amazing time. So that was an undergrad. You did your yes. study abroad experience and then you got convinced to come back for grad school or did, how to get some more of it? Yeah. So the way I ended up coming back to grad school is I worked in Birmingham for a couple of years. So I graduated undergrad in 2004, 
worked in Birmingham for a couple of years at Saks Incorporated as a planner, um, kind of ran around with that for a little bit and ended up getting a Rotary Ambassadorial Scholarship to Buenos Aires, Argentina. Okay. So I was there for a couple of years studying Spanish and international relations. Thought that I would come back in two. So I ended up going in from 2006 to 2008. Came back in 2008 thinking that I would, you know, work for the State Department and this, that, and the other. But it was a recession, of course. So I mm -hmm. moved back home. And that was when my mom called me a boomerang child um, and was kind of just in a pretty reflective kind of space. Like, okay, what do, what do I do now? What's next for me? There aren't very many jobs that are looking for people with my background and um, ended up adjuncting at the university, leveraged my uh, network and taught classes in business communications and uh, culture and the human experience. So that was incredible. And then you know, before I knew it, a couple of years had gone by and I was approaching 30 years old. And I was like, what in the world am I going to do? I can't live at home for the rest of my life. I'd cobbled together several adjuncting roles and was making maybe like $10,000 a year, which was plenty enough money if you're living at home and you need some money to go out and have some dinner with your girlfriends, right. but not enough to really pursue what you want to pursue as somebody who wants to have a family one day and, and so on and so forth. So I was like, I've really got to figure out what my next step is. And I actually leveraged the fact that I was on campus already as a faculty member. So I had that green faculty parking pass. Oh, lucky as, you. Right? As, a, as an adjunct. And um, I basically knocked on professors' doors in the business school mm -hmm. and um, talked to them about their research, got to know them, and they got to know me on a personal level. And I was able to get a graduate assistantship. And um, came, you know, applied to the MBA program. Um, well, I was already in the MBA program as I solicited these uh, opportunities. Um, but, you know, your uh, colleague earlier, your classmate, I think, she was mm -hmm. telling me about the the room that we're having the dinner in. Yes. The never should I, what was it called? I Something never like should that. have made it. Yes, never should have made a club or never yes. should have made a landing. Yes. So I am not a great standardized test taker Maybe at either. all. And I I think I made like a, I, can, I don't even remember, but I did not do well enough on my GRE to get into the MBA program. Mm -hmm. I didn't. And um, I remember during my interview and during my application process, I would come to the office and like visit and let them know that I was here and that I'm applying. And um, I mentioned that I was an adjunct. I also was a study abroad director for a uh, study abroad program in Bangladesh studying studying microcredit with okay. Bangladesh's Grameen Bank, which won the Nobel Peace Prize in, in 2006. So I had taken three groups of students to Bangladesh to study microcredit. Um, so I had a really interesting like background up until the MBA program. Right. And so... Um, the admissions person at the time was like, you know what, we've never taken anyone with such a low score before, but because your international experiences are so unique and because you're here engaging with us, we're going to, we're going to take a chance on you. Right. So the, the name of that terrace or that room really resonates with me because if that admissions person kind of said, sorry, you don't have a high enough score to get into the MBA program and left it at that and didn't look at the full body of, 
of work that I had done to that until that point, um, you know, I would not be where I am today. Exactly. So you go into your MBA program, traditional, correct? Yes. That's going to be a two-year program? At the time, that was all there was. Okay. Back in 2011 is when I started. We've had a bunch of people come back on the podcast and they're, you know, STEM to MBA people or create Path to MBA. So it's only yeah. a one-year program. But the two-year program is what I'm starting and what you completed. And that was in strategy, correct? It was. Okay. So this is going to be a very blunt question. So please excuse this one. But what do you want to do with a strategy, you know, business degree? Did you have any vision after you graduated what you wanted to do? You know, I think at that time, after having experienced 2008 and being rejected so many times and um, applying online and it just going into a black hole, I was keenly aware that campus is one of the few places that you have companies wanting to court you. Mm. And so honestly, I, I just wanted a full-time job with benefits Mm. that after having experienced 2008, after having experienced just living at home with my parents and, you know, being 29, when I entered the program, I was just like, you know, I just want to be able to kind of catch up to my peers and have a full-time job. So that was my ultimate goal through the MBA experience was, you know, definitely get the experience that I need, the education that I need. But my ultimate goal was to leverage all of the opportunities that are on campus uniquely. Like people don't realize it until they're gone, but the University of Alabama or any institution you go to, it's one of the few opportunities in your life where you have companies deliberately here seeking you out. Mm -hmm. And I was keenly aware of that and I took advantage of that and I went to every single event um, and talked to so many different people and recruiters and, and things like that. The windfall of all of that was making some of the best friends of my life. Um, I had a blast during the MBA program and, and ran around. I'm Muslim, so I don't drink. So it wasn't even like partying. It was like having late night conversations in the MBA lounge and learning about somebody's life. And I've been to a couple of weddings. They've been to my <laughs> wedding, you know, so that has been that was the the pleasant delight surprise out of the whole experience as well. So you graduate and you end up in at Cigna, correct? Is that where you went straight out of school? Yes, yes. Okay. So you're actually back right now, sort of representing Cigna in I a am. way. Could you talk about what that experience was like from for you and how you ended up being a project manager now? Yeah. So I, I don't know that I ever knew what project management was. I, I had no idea that you could make a profession out of that. Um As I mentioned, my parents are immigrants from Bangladesh and the South Asian community success at the time. I think it's evolved now. But when I was coming of age in the 2000s, it was defined as being a doctor, an engineer, maybe an attorney. So those were like the paths. So it was always pretty uh, interesting. People's responses would be interesting when I would say that I majored in Spanish and and management. And now I'm, you know, getting my MBA. Um, So it, it kind of just fell in my lap. You know, you know, between your first and second year, you mm-hmm. do an internship. Right. And oftentimes that internship opportunity extends an offer for you to join, which is an incredible place to be because here you are starting your second year and you know what's right. what's going you to be. Yes, I'm secured. You're yes. ready to go. Yes. And so Frito-Lay, so that was where I 
interned. Okay. I interned in their cookie factory in Pulaski, Tennessee. Yes, it was it was amazing. It's a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't had a warm cookie off of their line, oh my gosh, you're missing out. But so yeah. I was I was, you know, running around their their factory, um, doing all sorts of little projects and essentially project managing the purchase of a palletizer, um, which was a fascinating, fascinating experience. Had such a great time. I was living in Huntsville and then I'd commute up to Pulaski. It was like an hour drive. Anyways, um, they had extended an offer to me and it was a generous offer for somebody who, you know, was living at home and, um, you know, really hadn't been fully employed for about eight years. It was a very generous offer and it was something that I really struggled with in terms of what to do. Um, and, and here was the, the kicker, so to speak. I am a practicing Muslim, and this opportunity was in Pulaski, Tennessee. And at the time I was single, and I really wanted to like meet a Muslim man and get married and you know just have a family. And I was like, where now? Where in the world am I going to meet a Muslim <laughs> man in Pulaski, Tennessee? I looked up their their phone book, which was the size of like a little like um, like a notebook. It, it wasn't even a centimeter thick. And I looked up all sorts of common Muslim names like Muhammad and Ahmed and didn't see a thing. Oh, no. And so I was like, I just don't know if I can move forward with Frito-Lay, even though it was a fantastic company and I had a great time. And so I, I re- declined the offer and I was just kind of like uh, moping around campus um, my second year. And then early spring of 2013, so the, the I think maybe January or February before you graduate, okay. I'm like talking to companies, going to every event. Um, and I was walking around Al- Alston Hall. And then in the parlor, I saw that there was like a luncheon going on. And I was like, Oh, there's a luncheon. I don't know if I if I had heard about this, but I'm a poor graduate student and I could use a free lunch. Exactly. So <laughs> I walked in and it turned out to be the Cigna recruiting event for their managed care rotational program. Okay. I sat down next to a recor- recruiter and we cut up and had a great time. I wasn't really like feeling the pressure because this right. opportunity just literally opened itself. It was a lunch. I yeah. mean, there was nothing else to it except make conversation and yeah. get to know someone. Yeah. Exactly. And the rest you could say was like history. I mean, like I apparently impressed the recruiter. I went through the application process and um, ended up going through their rotational development program, which was a fantastic foundation. That's Rashmi Sharif, project manager at Cigna. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu. Learn more about the Culver House College business and what it has to offer. As always, roll tide.